0: Insider, outsider, yeah. So now we have about 10 minutes for questions so people can come up. Peter? Mike. Uh, Mike over
1: there. Yes, I had uh, a couple of thoughts while you were uh, talking about the uh, eyeglasses and the simulation of yagyas and so on, that uh, there's there's other research on other kinds of activities which might give a hint about how this would work and what kind of effects it would have, one of them is that um, that the audiences at sport events actually have some reproduction of the kinds of activity that the that the players are going through they have some, some subliminal i don 't know the details i 'm not a neurophysiologist but but they do have some effect from that in their own uh, bodies. Yes, of sympathetic integrating. response. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so, so even, if, even if the materials aren't there, the activities aren't there, uh, the, the inner effect of their consciousness is doing something for their nerves. It may not reproduce the entire effect, but it certainly yes. has something.
2: Yes. It could be that the, uh, a purely psychological experience a, a psychological simulation of any of this process without anything external happening will produce a lot of the effects, but not all of it it could yeah. be yeah because it, there is also the right. physics of the things that are being manipulated
1: yes and uh, the other was i I just wanted to make one comment about the the lSD situation i, I one of the one of the um, the understanding that I had about uh, about substituting uh, Uh, the practice of meditation let's say in producing enlightenment and getting a quick fix with LSD or something else is that um, if if the human machinery has receptors for certain chemicals that produce these effects then it must also have the ability to produce the chemicals that fit into those receptors. And if we substitute something else, then, uh, then it has the effect of breaking the coordination between the nervous system uh, to provide those things and actually reduces the nervous system's ability to produce them spontaneously. And therefore has absolutely the opposite effect of generating enlightenment. It,
2: yeah, people it, uh, develop uh, resilience and they need more and more doses to get the same effect. And uh, Whereas in meditation, you don't have that. Meditation actually begins to work more effectively as you get more advanced meditator and doesn't develop resistance against the effect. So that is one point you've made. Yeah. I think the other point is also, we don't know for sure, just because somebody is feeling kind of nice and all that, we don't know if that, if that experience is the same as a seventh state consciousness experience or just something that resembles it. I mean, yeah. things resemble, but they don't have to be the same.
1: Yeah. Well, and I... Know. Let me thank you for your brilliant analysis and these thought experiments. Thank you.
0: Just thank, you for, thank you for a delightful presentation. Uh, I'm not a scientist, but I found when you were talking that my mind was whirling trying to imagine testing some of these very delicate things such as whether the Kumbh Mela really needs to be in Allahabad or whether it could be in downtown Delhi or whether the Shakti Pits could be here or it could be there. And I wondered, first of all, if science has the capacity to test that kind of thing. And second of all, we all know that science continues to grow year after year after year. And so I I was thinking to myself, well if there didn't seem to be a difference from a scientific perspective, could you really conclude that a long tradition is invalid simply because science can't locate uh, a particular reason why the Kumbh Mela has to be here or the Shakti peats have to be
2: there? See, I'm I i uh, I'm writing on this quite a bit, and I would love to come back when I, my book is out and discuss a lot more. But the the uh, Jyotish uh Jyotish is an amazing science uh, that gives you a kind of a a device to an instrument into the cosmos, state of the cosmos and your personal cosmos, the macrocosm and the microcosm. And so I'm convinced that the astrologically determined date time for these particular events to happen and the location, the GPS coordinates where it is to happen has a very important meaning. It is not something ad hoc. I also feel that the Shakti Pitams encode a certain presence, encode a certain state that has come about. And how to test it, now these are all theoretical models, how to test it would be to produce something like a Maharishi effect in a place like that and see how it compares with the Maharishi effect in downtown Delhi. It may be possible to do, to do these kind of measurements that Maharishi's effect so far has been tested uh, with the variable of number of people, uh, you know. But maybe there's some other parameters, maybe some astrological event correlated with that or some location, could be some ways. But we have to think hard. I think it's very important to go and try these things. Otherwise, otherwise, what will happen is the whole Vedic tradition will get digested into little exotica. It will become like clip art and you have a whole lot of things on the clip art and you can cut here, paste here, stick here make something nice and make a product like soma ras and sell it. This kind of a Trivializing of uh, which, which is what new age turned out to be, it killed many other guru movements. And I think one of the reasons the Maharishi movement is robust and I would like it to continue being that way, is that Maharishi himself, before he left, prescribed some very specific things to keep it held together and held, grounded. Uh, a lot of other gurus didn't do that. So, when they were gone, then things just sort of fell apart because there was no rigor. And Maharishi really emphasized the rigor of discovering and testing, constantly testing, uh, the efficacy of all the things that he was teaching. So this is this is why I feel that the Maharishi movement is probably the most promising, I know, to bring Vedic science into the modern era, modern epoch, worldwide, in a manner that is compliant and also with the core requirements, and at the same time uh, adaptive to the modern needs.
0: Good. Thank you very much. And this will have to be our last question because we're trying to stay on yes. schedule tonight.
3: Imagination has been a part of our tradition for very long. Every morning when we take the bath, Ganga Ganga yo Yojana Nam Shatai Rappi, Sarva Sarvapape Bhyaha, Vishtu Lokam you Before you put the first mug of water on your head, when you think of the Ganga, you get some equivalent effect if you have that imagination in your mind. Similarly, many Vedic sentences, when they perform the nakshatreshti yajna, ya etena havishagajate, ya uchayinam evam veda, sotra juhavati. ya etena havishagajate, whoever utilizes this particular article to be offered to Agni, and one who imagines this and who is totally conscious of this process, will get equal benefit. Similarly, the nachiketa yajna, which... Uh, David Shraf has quoted about the Kathopanishat. The second aspect was about the Nachiketa Agni, which was given as Upadesha. There also, veda. They are almost the same. So this imaginary process has been a part of our tradition. So, as we said, we have to explore how best The imagination is giving Merit is something out of this world. We can't measure the merit, punya. But the physiological effects can be explored by this sort of imagination. That's what I support your argument. Thank you very much. I I feel that uh, the effect, uh, the
2: causal effect of these processes is both psychological, physiological inside us, but also in the cosmic physiology. I I really think there is the macro-micro uh, uh, you know, nesting, the micro-micro-nexus that is being affected by all of these things. So we cannot only be internal, nor can we be ignore the internal and only be external. I think both of them come very nicely together. And this is where the unified theory of consciousness brings them together very beautifully. Uh, before I conclude, I just want to say that I have two books that are for, available at the registration desk, two of my books. And then I'm writing another one which will take those ideas deeper and further to resolve some of the questions I raised. And more important than my own books, uh, I usually don't uh, 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 get involved in somebody else's. But there's a really wonderful film on the history of yoga. And I've never seen a film as good as that. It's a two-hour film. And there's a DVD on that which is also available uh, for those who want it. So it'll be there tonight after this session and also tomorrow morning for those who want it. Thank you very much. John and all the rest of you for coming and I am delighted to be able to give this talk. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Rajiv.